Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today's Gospel, we hear that great passage from John's Gospel, The Woman at the Well. St. Augustine, when reflecting upon this Gospel story, said, we are all meant to identify with this woman. In fact, all of humanity is represented in this woman. Why? Well, look what Jesus does for her. He extends to her the invitation to be drawn into the mystery of his life to share his life, just like he does for all of us. And then he gives her the grace to continue to remain in that life, just like he does for all of us. So it's true. This woman represents all of humanity, all of us. Now, how does the story begin? It says, Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. Now, nothing Jesus ever does is accidental. Everything Jesus says or does is always very intentional. More to it, we're reading from John's Gospel. And this is a Gospel that is very saturated in symbolism. In fact, no detail in John's Gospel should ever be unattended. We must look at every detail because there's symbolic meaning behind it. Now, first, Jesus is passing through this Samaritan town. If you were a good Jew, you wouldn't pass through it. You would go around it. Remember, for centuries, Jews and Samaritans hated each other. Samaritans were considered half-breeds. Several centuries before Jesus was born, the Assyrians invaded the Israelite nation and occupied the Israelite country for many years. Well, during that occupation, the Assyrians intermarried with the Jews, and therefore these mixed marriages were called or formed the Samaritan people. That's why the Jews hate them so much. Now, the Jews thought the Samaritans were unclean, so they didn't want anything to do with Samaritans. That's why good Jews would pass around Samaritan villages. They wanted nothing to do with Samaritans at all. And yet, what does Jesus do? He deliberately makes his way through that town. Now notice, what's the symbolism here? Jesus has come to save all people. He hasn't just come to save a select few or a group. No, he comes for all of us, saints and sinners. Notice too, where he sits. Of all the places that he sits, it's at this well. Now, if you study the Old Testament, wells are typically associated where you meet your future husband or your future bride. I'll give you some examples. Isaac meets Rebekah at the well. Jacob meets Rachel at a well. Moses meets Zipporah at a well. And what happens to them all? Shortly afterwards, they all get married. The symbolism here, 
Jesus himself is the marriage between divinity and humanity. Jesus is fully divine and fully human. Take it a step further. Jesus always refers to himself as the groom. We, the bride, is the church. Therefore, this woman coming to the well, you're going to see this marriage take place in which Jesus now offers to share a life with her, which is similar to what a husband and a wife do. Now notice too, John gives us the time of day. He says it was around noon. So you say to yourself, well, who cares? Noon, one, two, what difference does it make? Well, noon is the hottest part of the day, isn't it? This woman is coming at a very awkward time to get water. But I'll address that a little bit later. Jesus asked for the, a drink from the woman. Now realize that in the ancient world, this was a patriarchal society. Men never spoke this frank or direct to women in public, especially to a complete stranger. More to it, Jesus is a Jew. Jews never spoke to Samaritans, let alone ask them for something. What's he really doing? St. Augustine said, Jesus is thirsting for the faith of this woman and you will get it towards the end of the story. Now, notice what the woman says. How can you ask me, a Samaritan woman, for something to drink? Well, she acknowledges that, you know, this is a very strange request. She herself is taken back by this. Jesus responds and he says, If you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, anyone who lives in a desert area, which the Israelite nation pretty much is, well, if you live in a desert, water is very important. Water means life. If you don't have much water, you're not going to live very long in a desert. But notice what Jesus was referring to, this living water. It's his grace, righteousness, a right relationship with God that was lost because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Now Jesus has come to restore that righteousness, that right relationship that we used to have with God. Now, the woman continues. She answers Jesus and she says, Sir, you do not even have a bucket and the cistern is deep. Where can you get this living water? So she herself is skeptical, isn't she? Jesus responds, Everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. Well, now we are seeing what Jesus is doing here. He's establishing two wells. See, this is the reason why he sits right next to a well. He himself is the well, the well of eternal life. And it's that well that we must drink from if we expect to share in a life with Jesus Christ. And yet, right next to him is another well, symbolic of the well of the world. We can either choose to drink from the well of Jesus Christ and have our thirst always quenched, or we can drink from the well of the world. And when we do that, we'll always be thirsty. We'll always be going back to that well. St. Augustine referred to the well of the world as the addictive desire. What did he mean by that? Well, we are all ordered to God. We are all made in the image and likeness of God. Therefore, we all have an infinite longing for the divine in our life. Well, when we hook that infinite longing for the divine in our life to something in this world, other than God, whatever it is, fame, fortune, power, honor, notoriety, well, we're going to keep drinking from that well. 
whatever it is, money, materialism, we're going to keep drinking from that well because our thirst will never be satisfied. See, that's what this woman represents for all of humanity. Those that drink from the well of the world, therefore they have to keep going back to that well. They realize that infinite longing for the divine can never be satisfied by the things of this world, but only by Jesus himself. That's why when Jesus says, whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. See, this is what Jesus is trying to give her and all of humanity. He's offering an invitation to participate in his life. And it's a life that never ends for all of eternity. A good question we have to ask ourselves during the season of Lent, what well do we drink from? Do we truly drink from the well of Jesus Christ? Or we, do we drink from a well of this world? Next in the story, Jesus asks the woman to bring her husband. Well, now we begin to understand who this woman is. Remember, at the very beginning of the story, she comes at this awkward hour at noon, the hottest part of the day. Well, typically in the ancient world, women came to the well early in the morning when it was nice and cool out. Why? Because they knew that they would have to wait in line to get their turn to draw from the water from the well. Therefore, they used that time to socialize. They would see, you know, family members, relatives, friends, neighbors. So they would socialize with these women as they were waiting in line to draw the water. Well, this woman now, she comes at noon, knowing fully well no one's going to be there, which we can only assume she's been ostracized from society. We learn that she's had five husbands, and now the person that she's living with now is not her husband. But notice what Jesus does here. He doesn't judge her, doesn't condemn her. Instead, he offers the invitation to draw, to share in his life. And see, then once she does accept that invitation, she's also drawn into, or you could say, exposed to the truth. That's a great lesson for us. When we truly share a life with Jesus Christ, we also are exposed to the truth, and therefore we must act upon it. St. Augustine said, these five husbands that the woman had are symbolic of the five senses that typically run our life. What does he mean by this? Well, what people seek are some of the things in this world that maybe are pleasing to the eye. Well, a nice house, a big car, fine jewelry. Well, we get these things and guess what? After a while, we want a bigger house, a better car, more jewelry. So we keep drinking from that well. Or what people seek in this are the things of this world are what they like to hear. Well, what do we like to hear? You know, proclamations of praise. We like to hear people honor us and praise us. And so we drink from that well. We keep drinking. Well, maybe it's for pleasure. Well, we like a sense of excitement. We like to watch sports. Well, what happens? We keep drinking from that well. See, what Jesus is doing, he's helping this woman to take a long look at her life. Jesus wants to be the central organizing element in her life, that her life is directed towards Christ, and she accepts it, doesn't she? That's why, did you notice the detail when she leaves Jesus and goes back into the village to tell everybody what Jesus has done for her? That small little detail, it says she left her bucket at the well. Well, she no longer needs that bucket because now she drinks from the well of Jesus Christ. 
more to it. She's no longer thirsty. See, that's why she leaves it behind. She no longer needs it because she's no longer going to be drinking from the well of the world. Now she drinks from the well of Jesus Christ and he has satisfied her thirst. More to it, now she has the ability and the strength and the courage to go back into the town and evangelize the very people that ostracized her. See, it's a great story, isn't it? A person that is healed, has it accepted Christ into their life? Now they are compelled to tell everybody, to share that joy. You know, we do that ourselves. Say, for example, you watch a movie tonight. What's the first thing you'll do tomorrow morning? Well, you go call your friends. You say to them, oh, this was a great movie. You should go see it. Or you just finish a book. And so what do you do? You call family members or coworkers and you say, boy, you got to read this book. It'll change your life forever. Well, we do that in so many aspects of our life. And that's a beautiful part of evangelization. You know, when we embrace our faith, when we practice good stewardship and live that faith out, well, we feel a sense of joy. We feel a sense of being alive. Well, we are compelled to share that with everyone. Tell them some great things are happening here in this parish or in my life. I want to share it with you. I want you to be part of that joy. And that's what exactly this woman is doing. And we should also, in our faith, have the courage and conviction to share our faith with others. Folks, strongly encourage you, take some time this week, reread the passage of John's Gospel, The Woman at the Well. This woman represents all of us, all of humanity, how we are healed, how we accept the invitation to share a life with Christ and now feel a sense of joy to tell others about it. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.